Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Too Big to Fail. This book will give you an immersive insight into the 2008 global financial crisis. The financial crisis started with the collapse of Bear Stearns, the fifth largest investment bank on Wall Street. It gradually spread from the real estate market to the real economy and then swept across the world, affecting everyone. It is the 9-11 incident of the global financial industry. What exactly happened at that time? Why did such a terrible financial crisis occur? The book Too Big to Fail will tell you the answers. To complement this book, we also invite you to check out another book written by former Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke called The Courage to Act, which is also available on our platform. The Courage to Act describes how the U.S. government and financial regulators responded to the crisis, another angle from which we can understand how the crisis unfolded and was dealt with. The author of this book is Andrew Ross Sorkin, a head journalist and columnist for the New York Times. In October 2009, Too Big to Fail was published in the United States and soon became Amazon's best-selling book in business and finance. Both Warren Buffett and John Mack, the former CEO of Morgan Stanley have publicly praised the book. Sorkin interviewed more than 200 first-hand insiders of the 2008 financial crisis. The total length of these interviews was more than 500 hours. As a result, he recreated the scenes of the crisis from the unique perspectives of the players involved. Next, we will share with you the main content of this book in three parts. In part 1, we will talk about the beginning of the crisis. In this part, we will answer questions such as what is financial crisis? How did the real estate bubble turn into an economic crisis that affected the whole world? In part 2, we will talk about how the crisis unfolded, including how Lehman Brothers failed to save itself, ended up bankrupt, and the impact of this bankruptcy on the whole picture. In part 3, we will talk about the climax of the crisis. After the bankruptcy of Lehman Brothers, the subprime mortgage crisis evolved into a global financial storm. AIG, the largest insurance company in the United States was also facing bankruptcy. The government and Wall Street did their best to rescue the market. Let's get on with part 1, the beginning of the crisis. The financial crisis that began in 2007 and peaked in 2008 is also called the subprime mortgage crisis. How did subprime mortgages cause such great disturbance? Let's first talk about home loans. We all know that if we don't have enough money to buy a house, we can go to the bank to apply for a loan. If the bank thinks that our credit is good and is confident that we can repay the debt, then the bank will approve the loan application. For example, suppose you buy a villa for 10 million US dollars, and let's say you need to pay back 15 million dollars in total to cover the principal and interest to the bank. If you take 10 years to pay off this debt, on the other side, it takes the bank 10 years to recover the loan. Such debts attracted the attention of investment banks on Wall Street such as Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers. In our case, the debt is bought over from the bank at $12 million. Of course, the bank is happy about this. It would have taken 10 years for the bank to recover 15 million US dollars, 
and there is also the risk of default before the debt is paid off. However, after selling the debt to Wall Street, the bank not only recovers the principal of $10 million, but also makes a $2 million net profit. The bank earns $3 million less, but it doesn't matter. It can grant loans again with the money recovered and earned. You may think that the investment banks in Wall Street are stupid. Why do they engage in such a money-losing business? Of course they are not stupid. We must admit that Wall Street is home to America's business elites. Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, Lehman Brothers, and Bear Stearns were the five largest investment banks on Wall Street. They were elites among the elites. How could they make such bad decisions? These investment banks securitized the purchase loans and then turned them into investment products. They named these products collateralized debt obligations or CDO. It sounds bewildering. Actually, they packed thousands of debts together and sold them to investors as investment products. Such debts included car loans, school loans, and home loans. In other words, a CDO is a financial product that includes various loans, and its target buyers are large investment institutions. Such financial products have a fatal problem. They are very risky. A CDO is made up of loans. If borrowers such as homebuyers fail to repay a mortgage, the investment banks will not be able to recover their money. At the same time, the investment banks must distribute earnings to investment institutions that have bought the CDOs. Hence, the capital chain of the investment banks is likely to break. However, no one took this issue seriously. In those years, the house prices in America were rising most drastically. If someone defaulted, the investment banks could take back the house and auction it. Because houses were in great demand, the house could be sold in a short time. Even if they lost money at the auction, investment institutions were not afraid. The five major investment banks had plenty of money. Furthermore, such a loss was far less than the profit. From this point of view, CDOs posed no risk at all. Therefore, Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and other authoritative securities rating agencies, all gave CDO bonds their highest credit rating, AAA. What does an AAA rating mean? Highly trusted U.S. Treasury bonds with little risk have an AAA credit rating, and so their interest rate is only around 1%. Yet the interest rate on CDOs was above 4%. Both U.S. Treasury bonds and CDO bonds were considered low risk and had a AAA rating, yet the returns on CDO bonds were much higher. Therefore, once CDO bonds were launched, they were quickly snapped up by pension funds, retirement funds, insurance companies, and other institutions. Since the late 1980s, CDO bonds had rapidly swept across the entire securities market. As CDO bonds became popular, the investment banks earned a lot of money from the 2% transaction fee. Wall Street prospered greatly from this business. Everything looked good. But the problem was that no matter how big the market was, it could not sustain such a wild expansion. The number of people who buy houses is limited, and the number of people with good credit is even more limited. As we just said, a CDO is an investment product made up of various loans. What if all the existing loans in the market have been turned into investment products? How do investors continue to make money? This was when subprime mortgages appeared in the scene. 
lending institutions began to grant loans to people with poor credit. Some mortgage firms advertised that people could buy a house with zero down payment. However, money does not grow on trees. The purpose of a zero down payment was not to enable more people to buy houses, but to create more debts to maintain the operation of these financial institutions. Moreover, there's a catch behind the zero down payment scheme, the interest rate was to be gradually raised. That is to say home buyers had to repay more and more money every month. You may wonder would people still buy houses with such a loan scheme? The answer is they would. Because house prices were soaring, everyone was eager to buy a house and blindly follow the home buying frenzy. As the bank was willing to lend them money, buyers thought it showed that they could afford the house. So, a nationwide house purchasing craze began. To get a better feeling of the situation, let's imagine this scenario. A man with a very low salary walks into the bank one morning. Without providing much collateral, he could get a full loan to buy a house in the afternoon. After he became aware of the benefits, he and others would keep borrowing money, buying houses, borrowing money, and buying houses and so on. Naturally, this put the financial system at great risk. From 2002 to 2006, home loans in the United States grew at an annual rate of 11%, far exceeding the overall economy's growth rate. The initially favorable market created by Wall Street's business elites became a bigger and bigger bubble driven by the greed of consumers, lending institutions, investment banks, and other investors. Of all the greedy parties, those on Wall Street were the worst. What did the five major investment banks do to make more money? Investment banks borrowed more money by increasing leverage. Then they bought more loans and created more CDO bonds. In March 2008, Bear Stearns was the fifth largest investment bank. It had tangible equity capital of about $11 billion, but this $11 billion supported total assets of $395 billion, which means a leverage ratio of 36 to 1. It is like having a principal of only $10,000 and borrowing $360,000 to do business. Leverage is an amplifier. It has the advantage of amplifying benefits, but it also has the disadvantage of expanding risk. Bear Stearns wanted to use leverage to make money, but it was crushed to death by leverage. Bear Stearns was the smallest bank among Wall Street's five largest investment banks, but it employed the highest leverage to purchase CDOs. On March 14, 2008, the company experienced a liquidity shortage crisis, which basically means being short of cash. Bear Stearns had to pay dividends to investment institutions that had bought CDO bonds from it and repaid leveraged loans. But Bear Stearns did not have so much money. The root cause of this crisis is the rise in the mortgage default rate. Bear Stearns was supposed to receive mortgage payments from homebuyers every month, but the loan default rate had risen too much. Bear Stearns had no money to pay dividends to the investment institutions that bought CDO bonds, because mortgagers failed to pay their monthly installments. You may say that there is another option, Bear Stearns could resell the houses. Yes, it could, but the houses were almost impossible to sell at that time, because those who could buy a house had already bought it. Even those who could not afford to buy a house had also bought one through a subprime mortgage. House prices had reached the upper limit, the housing market had cooled down, and the interest rate on subprime mortgages continued to rise. 
it became difficult for people to repay loans. Who would still buy a house? Bear Stearns was not receiving the money and could not resell the houses, so the company collapsed first. Two days after the liquidity crisis, Bear Stearns was bought by J.P. Morgan at an ultra-low price of $2 per share. To give you a context, in 2007, Bear Stearns' share price was as high as $159 per share. J.P. Morgan reluctantly agreed to buy the toxic Bear Stearns at an ultra-low price due to an intervention by the Federal Reserve, which was highly unexpected. The Federal Reserve had never before intervened in the market. However, it suddenly announced that it would provide $30 billion to cover the bad debt losses of Bear Stearns' worst assets. For the first time since the Great Depression in 1929, the Federal Reserve provided emergency funds to a non-commercial bank. At this point, the long-simmering crisis exploded. Well, that's all for part one, the beginning of the crisis. We talked about the relationship between home buyers, loan institutions, investment banks, and investors. Then we learned about what a subprime mortgage and a CDO are. We also talked about how subprime mortgages and CDOs turned the real estate market into a bubble, and how Bear Stearns collapsed and was bought by J.P. Morgan Chase at an extremely low price through an intervention by the Federal Reserve. However, the crisis had just began. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.